In our gospel text this morning, uh, we see one of the, the very, actually, many passages in the gospel where Christ talks about hell. And um, it's very remarkable how you don't hear a lot about hell and the, the possibility and the reality of it, possibility of going there, the reality that there are people that go there. It's been kind of in vogue for the past 40, 50 years in the thought of a number of Catholics and Protestant uh, theologians as well to say, well, there is uh, a hell, meaning hell exists, but we really don't know if anybody actually goes there. Satan is there, and the evil angels go there, but we really don't know actually if any people go there, if any human beings go there. Um, and we can have a great hope that no one ever, no one goes to hell. Uh, but I think you find a number of passages in the gospel that are very much contrary to that idea. Um, so Jesus is saying, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, many will attempt to enter, but will not be strong enough. And then he speaks about how these people will be cast out into outer darkness. He's talking about exclusion from eternal life, exclusion from communion with God. He's talking about eternal hell. And he's saying this is going to happen at the end of the world. On Judgment Day, many will be excluded. So it's very wishful thinking that people have been engaged in for uh, some time now. Um, and it's really detrimental to uh, the cause of the gospel um, and, uh, and the health, really, of the church and of Christianity in general. <clears throat> Many people will not repent and give their life to Jesus Christ um, out of pure love. They'll, they'll do it initially out of the fear of hell. And so if there's no more fear of hell, well, you're going to have a huge swath of people who otherwise would actually repent and, and live good Christian lives, who just, they're not going to do it. They're not interested. So the fear of hell is a good start. It's a good beginner. You know, you begin there and then you work your way up to uh, the higher motive of the love of God. But in any event, the people who are being excluded from eternal life here, Christ in this translation calls them evildoers. Um, but the, the, a more literal translation are lawless, the lawless. And uh, what's clear here is they simply they're just, you know, they've broken the Ten Commandments. Um, and speaking of the Ten Commandments, we go to our first read, and I want to focus on the fourth commandment, uh, honor your father and your mother. It's a beautiful passage here in Ephesians. St. Paul um, talks about how this is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments that has a promise to it. And the promise is long life on earth. It's a beautiful thing. So, you know, the first commandment, the second, the third, uh, of course, will result in blessings um, if they're obeyed. But the fourth commandment makes it explicit, makes the blessings explicit, and, and it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, the fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. Uh, the honor and the, the, this commandment here, you know, that, that requires us to honor our father and our mother it really it entails a two-way street. Parents uh, have duties towards their children as well as children having duties uh, towards their parents. And I'll start with the, the duties of the children to the parents. There's a little story here that I've got. 
a man who was kind of wealthy. He had an only son, uh, and he loved his son tenderly. Well, the old man did something, maybe not too prudent, but you know he thought it was going to relieve himself of some stress. And so when his son uh, married, the father decided to take all his property and basically just give it to his son so that he didn't have to worry about managing his own property anymore. But it was given to his son on condition that his son was going to take care of him. He'd have a place to live and um, in his old age, and he would be secure until his death. Uh, the old man, he soon became sick. Um, but instead of being patient and, and bearing with the infirmities of his old age, um, the, the daughter-in-law okay, uh, was very upset about this situation because she, she didn't necessarily want to, she didn't sign up for this when she married this guy. And um, the, the older guy, the father, he, um, you know, w- w- he was getting older and he was like, you know, certain drool would come down from his lips and, you know, he was, he was becoming very infirm, okay? So when he would eat at table, it wasn't the most pleasant experience. And the daughter-in-law basically says to the son, okay, unless dad, unless your dad eats in the kitchens from now on when we eat, uh, I'll have none of this. We're, I'm out of here. And so uh, the husband was uh, very unmindful of the duties that he owed uh, to his um, to his father. And he, he basically he told his father to, okay, Dad, you've got to eat in the kitchen from now on. Okay, so massive, massively dishonoring his father and breaking the fourth commandment. And the old man was so distraught, he basically says... I'm going to go, I would rather go out and beg bread in the streets than to be in this situation. And so he goes and he, uh, he's, he's kind of like, he, he works his way upstairs to get himself a blanket, okay? And uh, the voice of reason enters into the picture through the grandchild. <laughs> so the grandchild, uh, his, little, his little grandson hearing what uh, was said and seeing him going upstairs to get the blanket, um, ran to his father, okay, who was the guy that was breaking the fourth commandment, and told him that Grandpa was gone to get a blanket to wrap himself in, that he might go and get beg bread in the cold of the winter. And the son says, well, let him go if he likes. Um, and then the grandson says, well, Dad, don't let him take the whole blanket, because, well, why, son, says the, says the father, but, you know, the, the son of the old guy. And the grandson says, because I'm going to need the other half for you, replied the boy, when I grow old, when you grow old and I kick you out of the house. <laughs> so these words really kind of cut to the quick, the, the son, and he, he turned, he changed things over and he put his foot down and he said no to his wife and he says, no, dad's going to be eating with us from now on. Um, and so in this, in this kind of funny story, what is, the, the moral here is that uh, what comes around goes around. And when you, when you honor your parents, blessings are going to be given to you. Uh, and if you dishonor your parents, probably the same thing is going to happen to you uh, when you're older. Now, speaking of the uh, obligations that come from the parents to the children, I've passed out to some of you got it, and those who don't have one uh, can get one. Uh, it's a nice blessing that parents can give their children.
just like the, a priest, the Catholic priest, speaks on behalf of the church and is able, the household of the church, so to speak, and is able to give blessings, is authorized to give blessings, so a, a mother or a father of a household is authorized by God to give blessings. And this is a, a practice that has been done from time immemorial. And uh, Thomas More, very famous English saint who uh, who um, was martyred under Henry VIII, he, no matter how old he got, he was probably in his 40s and in his 50s, he would never leave the company of his father without asking for his father's blessing. And he'd get down on his knee. Here's a 50-year-old man. He'd get down on his knee to his 80-year-old you know, father and ask for his blessing, and his father would give his blessings uh, to him. And there's many stories of saints asking their parents uh, for the parental blessing. Um, and this parental blessing can be given at night before the children go to bed. Um, it can be given before the children go to school. It can be given before they come to Mass or go to confession, uh, before they set out on a journey, um, before they set out and doing something dangerous. It can be given at all sorts of times. Um, and then it says, i got a little note in front of me, it says, Finally, bless your children when lying upon your deathbed. You may not be rich, says St. Ambrose. You may not be able to bequeath any great possessions to your children, but the one thing you can give them is the heritage of your blessing. And it is better to be blessed than to be rich.